Hello and welcome everybody to a bonus episode of Three Things with JR. Thank you, the band Big, for the intro music. Uh, yeah, we're coming to you in the middle of, you know, right between two normally scheduled episodes. We drop new ones every Tuesday here at Three Things with JR. However, this one is dropping tonight, Thursday, March 11th. Two nights ago, right about this time, I did a live show with my friend, comedian Chris Allen and his sister Kelly. And the idea of the show, is, the show is called Do You Believe? And Chris Allen asked for people that were willing to come on and talk about their spiritual journey, whatever it may be. And uh, I thought, why not? This seems like a fun way, an entertaining way to really just talk about who I am and how I've gotten to the point in my life to be who I am today. And a lot of that involves, I guess you could say, my spiritual journey. However, it's more of a journey away from the spiritual in in the end, really. Uh, and so, yeah, that we spent about an hour and a half live on, I think it was on YouTube and Facebook and maybe Twitter, talking about how God has played a role in my life and whether or not I believe and why and all of that. Uh, ooh, that was a good one. Uh, so, so I thought uh, since I went ahead and recorded it that I would put that out as a bonus episode so that you will basically be able to hear that entire interview in its entirety ad-free. No ad in this one whatsoever. We're not doing you know three actual things. It's just going to be basically a rebroadcast of that interview, uh, the Do You Believe show with Chris Allen and his sister Kelly. So that's kind of it. I just want to let you know what's about to happen, and it's uh, it's fun. I think you'll uh, find it interesting. If you are at all interested in who I am and how I got to be who I am today, this would be the show for you. So here you go. Without further ado, Do You Believe? My hour and a half time talking about my spiritual journey with Chris Allen and his sister Kelly. So we are live. We typically wait a few uh, minutes to get people uh, a few minutes to get in. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. You, you look like you're doing all right. I like your big phones. <laughs> are, you, are you jealous? I have I have large cans. You do got you got some big cans, buddy. <laughs> cans. Um, you don't know this, Kelly, but Jr. is kind of a local celebrity. Local where? In town, yeah, he's a local celebrity here in uh in uh, probably Central Virginia. Yeah, okay, Charlottesville okay. and yeah, Harrisonburg. A, I'm on I'm on TV yeah. commercials. If you go on YouTube, if you're local, YouTube will know if you're local, and it'll put my the ad for the company I work for up on the YouTube uh, like a pre roll ad. So, uh, uh, and I do all the videos for the company I work for. So I'm kind of like the face of my company. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know the company too. It's pretty cool, Crutchfield. You said, you said I do know it. Yeah, Crutchfield. Yep, Crutchfield. So uh, go to Crutchfield instead of Best Buy to buy all your consumer electronics. 
That's what this show is about. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> you actually you really want to connect to God. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. If you really want to if you really want your church sound quality to be top notch, please go to uh Crutchfield and uh Dude, that's not even a joke. System. We 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 will not only make your church sound good, we'll design the system, get you all the specs, everything. Like that's a real service we provide and it's basically a free service and then you can buy the stuff from us. I like how the free service is you just showing how cool it can be. So yeah. we'll show you how cool this can be for free, but now you got to pay. That's exactly how it works. And there's plenty of people that take <laughs> yeah, our designs true. and then don't buy our yeah. stuff. And we know that's going to be the case, but we still do it anyway. And it's for churches Aww. or uh, any kind of house of worship or bars or schools or auditoriums, any anything like that. No, yeah. no place is too large or too small. Any place where spirits are worshipped or served. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. That's, that's, right, that's so the show, dumb. folks. There I, I hate that that was really funny. That's a good one. <laughs> that was. Yeah. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Do You Believe with me, Chris Allen, and my co-host and my lovely baby sister. It's your girl, Kels. Kels and my man. Uh, we were just talking about it. he's a celebrity here in town, uh, my man Jr. Stoffel. What's up, buddy? Welcome. Uh, thank you guys for having me today. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I like that you told me before we went live that there's no pressure to be funny, which is good uh, because I'm not. I'm, I don't. My comedy chops are not what they once were, and not that they ever were great. But uh, this is this is a whole different He's thing, fishing, folks. Teach a man to fish for compliments. I I have been. I have. I wouldn't say I've been dreading this or stressing it, but I've definitely been thinking about this show. For like the past mm. week and a half, like what am I gonna say? Uh, you know, I've got kids, I've got an ex-wife, uh, I've got you know an ex-in-law family, uh, and you know, this will be out there at some point. I'm gonna share it out, and probably I'm Please. guessing we're gonna get into stuff that I've probably never really talked about publicly before. So sweet, this is yeah. what we want, man. I can't lie, yeah. man. I, I want to hear it. Cool. Yeah, I, I want to hear you. it. I'm glad you said that because honestly, we never, um, never talked to anybody about that. On uh, how what's their their preparation to do this? Because it is, it's for some people, it's uh, you know, dredging up some trauma, it's thinking of dredging up a lot of different things, and it's not just impa impacting you, but it's impacting other people. Yeah. Um. So thank you for sharing that that perspective to even talk about. Next yeah, time. man. No, thank you so much. Um. So. What this this what do you want to start at the at the beginning like little baby you know little Jr. Are you sure. is little Jr. Is, is he going to church? What's 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 up? So I was baptized when I was a baby. Uh, my dad grew up in. Uh, <laughs> there's my dog, everybody. Uh, my dad grew up in a small town in Iowa and went to Catholic church every day and. When mm. he married my mom and they had me, uh, they, they I grew up in Northern Virginia, and so my dad, uh, his family would have been very upset had I not been baptized. Uh, and I think technically I was baptized in like an Episcopal church, which is, from what I know, is like Catholic light. But uh, they, uh, the, so they were able to tell everybody and take pictures, and everybody back home thought I wow. was, uh, you know, baptized Catholic. They found out I wasn't. They were not too happy about that. But I was not raised Catholic in any way, shape, or form. We didn't go to a Catholic church. That was not a thing. We didn't go to church for most of my childhood. We we started going when I was around 
12 maybe and uh, we okay. started going to i lived in falls church virginia small town just outside of dc and we started going to the falls church episcopal which is kind of a it's a prestigious church or at least it was uh, back then, uh, it was the church like George Washington, one of the churches George Washington went to when he was in town, Ooh. that kind oh, of thing. Wow. And so it was historic. Uh, lots and lo- lots and lots of very, very wealthy people went there. I think my mom uh, was enthralled by that a little bit. Uh, it, se- it seemed like the coolest church to go to. So we started going. I went to youth group. And that's where I, I started having the first think- thoughts that I might actually... I might, I might actually believe in this thing. Uh, okay. So youth group, I love going to youth group. Like the music was fun. The the speakers were great. Like the, it was the best youth group I've ever experienced in any way, shape, or form. And All right. I didn't mind that we were doing Bible studies, even though I really kind of wasn't into it until there was a, like it was like a summer camp, and I I fell into this. Like, do you want to believe? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to speak? Do you want to? I, I can't even remember the words now. It's been so long. But do you want to give your life to Christ? Mm-hmm. All right, just and, commit. Yeah, yeah, or get saved yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said yes. And I, uh, I think it was an emotional kind of in the moment thing, not something mm. that I actually believed because. Even through all of that, like the undercurrent for my entire life with regards to any kind of religion has been an innate skepticism that I've never been able to shake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you think made you say it was just the emotion? Do you know what it could have been specifically that was just like, I think I might believe in this. I think it was it was either somebody's testimony or it was the the emotional service that they had had that night. There was something about it that really grabbed me and and made me think, "Oh my gosh, there's something to this." But it was really more an in the moment emotion, not an actual like belief. Okay. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people find themselves in that boat. You know, it's just yeah. like the, you know, uh, I don't know if they would still use it, but like you kind of like drunk in the spirit in a, in a kind of way. Yeah. Where like, uh, and people would kind of say that's a good thing. Like you got up, you got caught up spiritually. Like, like that's, that's what it is. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Kelly, am I wrong in that? Like that's. <clears throat> I think that's what um traditionally people, yeah. people say that traditionally people will say that maybe in a more, uh, just from my experience, I can only speak like Pentecostally. Um, now I know for me now, I don't necessarily believe in that. Um, I don't necessarily believe there, it has to be the lack of a physical feeling or the presence of a feeling, um, doesn't mean anything. And that's one thing my pastor always says is, <clears throat> you know, we've through traditionally through the years, we've presented faith as like, do you feel the Holy spirit and really Right. Focus on this emotional thing where when then it causes confusion in people when they don't feel something specific, yeah. then they think there's okay. something wrong with them. So <clears throat> right. that's not necessarily um that's not necessarily the evidence of a spirit to me in, okay. in my mind. Yeah. Uh, At least how I how I feel it. But I I think it can absolutely um I have actually felt that myself. Uh, but I think it's just in that moment, it's the peace that or the comfort that I particularly need. It's just right. that 
that personal communication that I experienced with God in that moment. But there's times where I'm having a difficult moment and I don't feel anything, but it doesn't negate the fact that for me, he is there with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jay, mm-hmm. you are 12, 13 at the time when this has happened, when, when this happened. Yep, exactly. It's like seventh or eighth grade. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I still, uh, when I got home from that summer camp trip, and I was working for my dad. He paints houses or painted houses. Uh, and I told him that uh, I gave my life to Christ at summer camp. And mm. he, we didn't really talk in depth about it at the time because he, I don't think he was sure how to handle hearing this news. Uh, you know, he probably started thinking about his time as a child going to church. Uh, he didn't really mm. continue going to church or in any way use religion to shape me and at all like it just wasn't a thing and uh so i'm sure it caused him to be like a little concerned with like how to deal with this do we support it do we question it uh i'm not sure what i feel about the whole thing and so we didn't talk much about it instead he clearly uh went home that night and talked to my mom and my mom said i'll handle it (laughs) uh and it was a couple days later. I uh, my mom took me, just me, out to dinner, and we were we were talking, and she brought it up and asked me, you know, what happened, how I felt. I tried to explain it, but I don't think I was very clear because I had already like that feeling was long gone. You know, three or four days later, mm-hmm. I, it was it was gone. Like I was having a hard time justifying why I had even made that decision at that moment or still felt that way. I thought I did, but I wasn't sure. And that was the first time that anybody sort of helped me understand that it's okay to be skeptical about the whole thing. Okay. So, so, you know, basically mom was like, we don't know (laughs) who wrote the Bible. There's a lot of theories, right? But we, can we say a hundred percent for certain? I can't. Uh, it could have been written by the by God. It could have been written by uh, a, a bunch of stoned hippies. Uh, I think that was literally a quote from my mom when she's when we were having that little mm. talk. And so, wow. so yeah. they didn't support it or um, or like tell you you couldn't do it. It was kind of like not at all. No, I continued to okay. go to youth group and be a, a member of that church and enjoyed every minute of it. But I I knew right then and there that my skepticism was way stronger than any and, and more foundational to me, like uh, to who I am okay. as any kind of fleeting emotion that I had had that night at summer camp. And I just kind of, I knew that and I've kind of known it ever since. Hmm. Um, so, okay, let me ask this. So your, your parents were kind of like, you know, uh, they were kind of like, eh, about it. Do you think that's what fueled your skepticism? Like, I'm into this thing, but my parents don't seem like they believe it. So what am I doing? You know you know what I mean? Did they, do you think that they attribute it to your skepticism by not being supportive or, you know, telling you you couldn't do it? Were you looking for? So they definitely were not telling me I couldn't do it. They, yeah, it was very clear that my mom wanted me to know how she felt. And that okay. it was totally okay if I felt differently. Uh, so, uh, so you were, you knew that they, you, you were completely, they were completely fine with you going. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, we as a family continued to go to that church uh, throughout, you know, for the next couple of years before we all sort of faded away from it. But 
uh, yeah, it was not like it it wasn't supported. It was that I, my mom wanted me to really think it through and make sure that it was something I actually believed and wasn't just something that I was caught up in. Right, so what about? I, I, I got a Kelly. question. I, I, this, this, and this is just my interest. Um, this might be your same the, question. <laughs> um, I, I'm always interested on if that does that feel like genuine support for people when someone says like, oh, "I believe this," and then they provide their perspective, and then I don't know because it's just like I think about things like you don't take a five year old who says, "You know, I believe in Santa Claus," and your parents are like, "You know what?" You know, I bought the toys, but if you want to believe in that, it's fine. Like, is, uh, does that how how is that does that track for people? Because I always find that super interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... take that take that perspective, but we don't take that perspective with other things. You don't never like you see a kid and like, ah, oh, I don't think they'll be good at sports. He's like, you know, buddy, I don't think you're gonna be great at it, but you can do it. Like, I just <laughs> I just always think that. Yeah, it's like, just like there wasn't support. How is, like, how is how. Does that does that genuinely feel like support or to me in this situation, it does feel genuine because she didn't just come right out and say, well, here's what I believe. Uh, she took the, the route of asking me questions first, like she wanted to know more. <laughs> she wanted me to voluntarily tell her what happened, why I believed this, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. give, give me the circumstances. Tell me, what do you think about the Bible? And I had to begin articulating beliefs that I didn't really have. And I was struggling mm -hmm. to do that. And she was recognizing mm. that, uh, that I, it, it wasn't there for real. I think she recognized that. And I don't think she tried mm. to get me to believe or not believe what she believes or doesn't believe. But I think I think she just wanted me to think about it. And part of okay. that was a natural conversation where uh, that she, you know, she explained what she thought. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. I was always interested to find out. Okay. I have a question. So your mom was kind of on the fence. You know, your dad is the same way, but you said you were going to this church. Like what was, what was the purpose of you guys going? Like if none of y'all really yeah. believed it, was it really just like this Sunday was supposed to go. Like, did you guys get anything out of it? Was it a social thing for you guys, uh, for your parents? Like, uh, yeah. did they think it was a, just the right thing to do? Like, so, what so, was the motivation behind it? So my mom, uh, my dad did not keep going for too long. So he went, but he, he wasn't like, he didn't become a member. He didn't become active in the church at all. Okay. Um, uh, I did. I in addition to the the youth group, I I was an acolyte. You know, one of the guys that lights the candles and is up there on the, mm -hmm. uh, 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 for lack of a better term, stage, whatever it is, the pulpit, uh, lighting candles, mm -hmm. and I'm wearing a robe and all of that stuff. Uh, so I was doing that. I was I was into it. Uh, the the pomp and the circumstance. It was kind of. Uh, it, I felt it was. It was. Uh, I liked the idea of doing it. I liked dressing up. I liked putting on a little, really? bit, a little bit of a show. Yeah, it was weird. Was there, was there something missing from home? that you, Were you looking for, like, something to belong to? At, you know, like, what was... Do you think there was something missing at home where you found it at church? Or is it, you know... No, I think it was somebody 
suggested, hey, you might want to be an acolyte. And I said, what is an acolyte? And they explained what it is. You show up early to church. You light the candles. Uh, you you put things out uh, for the priest or whatever. You you put the things back away. It's like it was like a job, and it, it had a little bit of prestige. And I think yeah, that yeah. was attractive to me. Was the pre- uh, that's what I'm asking? Where do you think that yeah. like? Wh- were you like getting beat up in school? Like it, it seems like you were looking for something important to do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to say it like in a bad way, but you were. It seems like you were looking for a purpose, and then and if that purpose had some prestige, or or you know some that position had some purpose. I mean that if that position had purpose and prestige, it was attractive to you. So it seems like there's you were looking for something, and uh, then church it, provided it. You know, uh, I I had I took every opportunity to perform. Like I I sang in variety shows. I was in the choir. Uh, man, I didn't know uh, none of this about it. Yeah, man, uh, I I sang like real like songs uh, to my entire high school in a, in a in the middle school variety show. Uh, I sang. I danced. I mean, I did stuff. I was. I've always enjoyed performing in in almost any capacity, and this mm-hmm. felt like a performance. So I don't think it was okay. I don't think it was filling a void from left from my parents who weren't doing something they should have been doing. I think it was just my natural desire to want to be up in front of people. Yeah, yeah okay, was, yeah, that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, yeah. it didn't yeah, necessarily like, have to be your parents, but I was like, it seemed like there's mm-hmm. something you were looking for. Something. Some people go to karate or ba- uh, you know sports and. You know, but yeah, you're doing all this acting and performing in school, and this is just another outlet for you to perform. Yeah, exactly. And be on stage and be in front of people. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I could, so I guess I could, I could see you liking the services because, like, there's a, a script and there's words mm-hmm. to memorize, and there's like you said, pomp and circumstance. It feels like it's a production. Exactly. A, a production is the right word for it, for sure. Now, yeah. okay. that lasted for. I'm going to say about six months uh, where I was into that, right? Like I had to do like every third Sunday or something like that. So mm-hmm. I was doing it for a while and then it became like summertime. And uh, I had uh, at this point I had to do with the early service. My parents weren't going to the early service. Uh, so I, w- I had to ride my bike there by myself, mm-hmm. be, it, be an acolyte at the early service when, and I had plans to meet friends at the pool after that. So I showed up and got all dressed up in the robe, but underneath the robe, I was wearing a swimsuit, a t-shirt, and like, 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 <laughs> uh, flip, flip s- not quite flip, like vans with palm trees on them, yeah. uh, like slip, like beach shoes, dock shoes, something like that. And unfortunately, you could see those shoes uh, as they came out from underneath the long robe. I was hoping they would just kind of disappear, but they didn't. <laughs> That's and funny. The guy who was in charge of the service, the priest that day, he just he was I remember him vividly saying, "Adam, I am appalled that you would wear those shoes to this service." And that was literally the last day of my being an acolyte. Um, I was like, "Yeah. Wow. I'm out." Yeah. Yeah, I was that, this 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 isn't fun anymore at all. So, I was out. So, you were out out 
no more going at all. You were completely done. So I was out of being an acolyte. I was still into okay. youth group. There, at some point, youth group lost its luster because it was different people running it. It just wasn't quite the same. After about right. eighth grade, ninth grade, it, I just fell out of that. I kept in touch. I, I went to uh, Bible studies with some of the kids that I used to go to youth group with. But I really fell out of doing that right around ninth grade. Mm. And I just went okay. a, a totally different direction in my high school years that involved zero church, zero God, zero religion of any kind. Mm. It wasn't being pushed on me. I wasn't asking for it. And I was fine with that. Okay. Mm. Um, so while you're an ac acolyte, the, over those six months, you, you know, you said you're enjoying, uh, you know, the youth group and all that kind of stuff. How are you dealing with the lessons? Like mentally, are you just really there to hang out? Like, None of none of that's getting through. Are you like, oh, I can see that? Are you asking questions or like, you know, what's your attitude towards like this, you know, towards the teachings? I remember during a Bible study where they were, and I'm not going to get the details right, but they were talking about Christ dying for your sins and coming back, and it maybe it was a, is it a, is it god the son and the holy spirit is it the, yeah, the the holy trinity the holy trinity uh is he still alive is he not still alive like there was something about one of the bible studies where i'm like wait how can that be that doesn't make sense and they were their explanation for that was like yes the exactly we don't understand it like that's the that's the power of christ or something like you just got to take that for what it is and i was like I'm, what? Uh, you did not help me understand that at all. And okay, um, that was wow. That was about as deep as I remember getting in any kind of those Bible studies. Most of the time, I was there. Uh, you know, we would play uh, games, football out in the churchyard. We would uh, sing songs. Like I was there for mm -hmm. all of the fun stuff. When it came down mm -hmm. to reading and studying and and getting into the Word, I, I was not into that for the most part. Wow. Did anyone ever like any people in leadership positions ever go, hey, man, we kind of see you're not taking to the lessons and or were you so active like or such a like good member or, you know, part of the uh, class that they didn't they didn't care? They didn't know that I wasn't into that. I mean, I wasn't displaying yeah. any kind of okay. rebellion or to it or anything. I just yeah. either you're still acting. Yes. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and at some point I got to the age where they wanted me to start transferring from being like a kid in youth group to being maybe working towards the people that run youth group. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I was like, no, that doesn't sound like the fun that I'm used to having here. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be in charge of making it fun. I want to receive the fun of youth group. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and when that became the thing, I was, I was kind of out. Okay, that's I'm kind of surprised that you didn't have that uh, thing of like, oh, you know what? This is what it used to be. If I'm in charge, I can make it what it used to be. That just shows like you had, yeah, because I guess you would have to probably plan lessons and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, you know yeah. what? I don't want no. anything yeah. to do with that. Exactly. Um, I wasn't. If I was, if I was going down the path uh, of believing, then I probably would have. It probably would have appealed to me for both the uh am i saving souls aspect of it as well as the performance right. aspect of it and the prestige mm -hmm. and the and the responsibility of it but 
because I wasn't feeling that part of it at all, it was just a, a fun thing until it wasn't a fun thing anymore. Okay. So high school happens, no church, no nothing. You're doing whatever. And uh, I know you say, is there anything that happens in between there other than you meet your wife? And I know, you know, I'll obviously let you tell the story. Now, how does this unfold? You get married. Yeah. How old are you? So uh, I met Angela, my ex-wife, when I was 18, literally a couple days after I turned 18. She was 10 years older than me. She had just left her first ex-husband. They weren't fully divorced yet, but she had a three-year-old. And I met her at this beach area. My parents had a house down here in uh, in Greene County. I li- we lived in Northern Virginia. We would come down here on the weekends, and that's where I met her. And uh, mm. so uh, my friends and I started Jesus. coming. What I are know. you doing? I know. It, yeah, it's eighteen. Uh, you meet a thirty-year-old woman with a kid. That's right. And I started coming. Ooh. I started coming down here on the weekends without my friends to hang out with her, and it sure it did. became a thing. And about. A year later, we I was I had moved in with her uh, in her house, uh, and the uh, and then six months after that, so a year and a half, uh, I proposed to her, and then we had to wait for her actual first divorce to completely go uh, finalized. But then we got we got hitched, uh, and I so you're like nineteen twenty, and yeah. she's wow, okay. I, I could not imagine. Okay, that. so what uh, is she? Are you going to church at this point? Is she talking about it? Or are you just kind of like... So she made it clear before we got married that she was a believer. God was first in her life, that I would be second in her life, not first, but second to God, uh, which, I mean, logically made sense. I get it. If you're a believer, that makes sense. Uh, okay. So, right. So your background allowed you to... Uh, you understood that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could understand yeah, okay. that, and I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, right. She did want us to go to church. We started going to Ruckersville Baptist Church, uh, and we uh, started becoming very social with the people there. It was enjoyable to go to church with her and to that church. You know, the fellowship dinners after church. The we played. I played on the church softball team. Uh, we be, I became friends with several of the people there, and so I didn't have any problem going to church uh, and letting that pastor be the guy who actually married us and all that. So. Uh, we would, Angela wanted to do like daily devotionals, which I did for a little while. I think, I think we were probably in the honeymoon phase where I was like, yes, I gotta, I gotta do this to impress her, to let her know. And I'm not against it. Like there was nothing in it that was offending me, but I mean, I can't say that I believed all the stuff or because of it or, or that it made any difference. It was just something I was willing to do to be with her because I loved her and wanted to be with her. And that was what it was going to take. And so I did that. Wow. So how long, okay. So how long does this go on? So we get married, we continue going to church for a while. At some point we, uh, Angela decides that uh, I think she had like a nursing friend who was going to a different church, uh, a Seventh Day Adventist church, uh, and I think she had spoken to Angela about Saturday being the Sabbath, and Angela started reading it in the Bible and f- felt like she agreed with that, and so she said to me one day, and we hadn't been going very regularly at this point, but she said to me, "I want to start going to church again." Uh, Chester, my stepson, her son, he was about six or seven and uh we had a baby my daughter allison she was uh not even one years old yet maybe one or two somewhere in there and 
Angela said she wanted to start going to church, and I said, that's cool. You, if you want to go to church, go for it. I'll stay here with the kids. And she's like, no, no, no. I want to bring the kids with me. Cause, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Because this, at this point, I hadn't really thought much about whether I actually believed or not in a long time. Uh, and so she sort of forced that by saying, let's go to church. I'm like, I don't know if I want to raise the kids that way. I'm like, my daughter, Allison this is the time. Like I need to start deciding how that's going to be. Right. A, is that going to be a thing? Like what's the approach here? And so I went with her to one Saturday service. The people at the church were really nice. Uh, I didn't feel like it was something I wanted to do, but I, I went occasionally at, at some point I started going regularly with her because it became very clear that this was now her life. Like it took over mm. Angela's life. Uh, and the, uh, the, it's a, it's a Protestant religion and very similar to Baptist in a lot of ways, but it's, it's got two main things that separate it. Uh, it's the, uh, it's the belief that Saturday is the Sabbath. And it's also the belief that, uh, like Jesus's imminent return is like really, really soon to be happening. And that we have prophecy to show that, that by this prophet that helped build the Seventh-day Adventist church. So, uh, it, it got a little crazy, but I was on board. Like I, I was on board because it was clearly the direction our family was going. And I've being 10 years younger than Angela, I kind of felt like she and her mm -hmm. wisdom probably overruled yeah. my immaturity. And right. so I, I didn't feel mm -hmm. like I needed to. That's a mature thing. You know, it's, I can't lie. That's kind of a mature for, especially for a guy who guys typically have egos for you to go, you know what? She's 10 years older than me. I'm, I'm young. And how, how long have you guys been married at this point? Uh, so a couple we, of years. Yeah. We married in 94. The Allison was born in 96. So this is 97, 98, 99, right in there. And, and for a few years after that, because I was in and on board yeah. with it for a long time. So. All right. So like what, so you, you you're going and like do you get anything good out of it at all are you ever close to like okay i think i might be there or is this like all bad like this uh. so it, it was good for a while uh, for a long okay. time like i got a lot out of it i uh we, we became we started running the youth group at this church so that thing oh, i didn't want to do years ago now i'm doing it uh, with Angela, we are the ones that got the church to agree to have a youth group. Like they didn't have one before that. Uh, wow. yeah. Uh, we started taking the groups of kids, our kids to a seventh day Adventist summer camp, uh, and, uh, and participating in things there. And like all, all those same feelings I was having in youth group, I started having again, like doing that stuff because, the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, there's a bunch of really cool people in the Seventh-day Adventist church that don't take mm -hmm. the religion so strict and seriously as the church we were going to. So our, I was going to say, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going from Baptist to... Yeah, our local Seventh-day Adventist church in Greene County in Rutgersville was, is, from my experience, one of the most conservative Seventh-day Adventist churches there is. Uh, mm -hmm. And the people that were running these summer camps were not that. Like, these were people that were cool uh, because they didn't 
believes so strictly that you can't do this or that on the Sabbath. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's so many tenants that they start to really sort of force on you in the Seventh day Adventist that I just, uh, can we hear some of those? Yeah. So the health message is a huge thing. Like, when I don't you, know what that is. The health message is all about eating vegan, uh, no, no alcohol, no sugar, like, uh, that it's a there's a health message that's part of religion at the in the Seventh Day Adventist Church. It's a big thing. They would allow that's always, right there. Yeah. Is that uh, has that always been a thing, or is that something fairly new? No, that's always been a thing ever since Ellen White wrote about it in a in many different books and tracts back in the 1840s. I think something like oh, that. Oh wow, okay, so it's all right. Yeah, no, it's mm. it's you just hear vegan and you go, oh, is this something that some weird person came into power and was yeah. like, we're vegan now? Okay. So, so the health message. What what else? Uh, the, some of, uh, other doctrine that you don't believe with or teachings. You're like, so I'm not on board with this. They were hyper focused on converting souls, but they were specifically focused on people that believed in the wrong religion. So they mm. basically anybody that didn't believe in worshiping on Saturday, as it was clear in the Bible, was wrong. And they wanted to educate all of those people. Like so instead of focusing on mm. people that have actual physical earthly needs that maybe they could help meet with donations, with food, with outreach, with whatever, mm. right? Uh, companionship, anything, they were going after uh the the people that were already believers but in the wrong church and the the biggest offending the biggest offending church was was catholicism uh and so you might you might want to mute when you do that (laughs) i thought uh so so i i was so on board with it for a while that the church uh, sponsored a trip of a bunch of people, a bunch of Seventh Day Adventists from the, this area, to go mm-hmm. to go to St. Louis to hand out Seventh Day Adventist tracts that were made up of things that Ellen White had written back in the 1800s, uh, and hand them out when the Pope visited St. Louis. So I went on that trip. I went and handed out Seventh-day Adventist tracts to Catholics. Uh, And I remember uh, I was thinking, how can I get this guy who's obviously a priest, he's wearing a a priest outfit, uh, how can I get him to take this tract, right? These people are already, they're kind of on to us. They don't want the material we're trying to hand out. How can I get him to? So I said, excuse me, Father, and like, because that's what you call a priest if you're a Catholic. So I thought maybe... Maybe he'll stop and talk to me mm-hmm. if I call him father. And I, he did. And I gave him a thing. And wh- I, I got, I don't know if scolded is the right word, but one of the other Adventist dudes who was with us was like, you don't call them father. There's only one father. If you call him father, that's just wrong. You can't do it like that. I'm like, but I got mm-hmm. a thing in his hand. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. He's like, so I was doing it wrong. I was doing Jeez. it wrong. Right. Wow. Right. And. It was not long after that that we wanted to do fun things with the kids and youth group. We got 
shut down. Like I wanted to have something called like a bicycle rodeo. We had bicycle shops locally bringing stuff to the church uh, to have like uh, let show kids how to ride bikes, teach them helmet safety, have a little obstacle course. You know, we had mm-hmm. it was awesome uh, to get this church to agree to do that. I had to agree not to call it a bicycle rodeo because rodeo is too crazy of an event. We don't want the church associated with a rodeo when a bicycle rodeo is just a thing that most of the time, like the police put these on, you know? Yeah. And yeah. The, the church was just hyper afraid of like appearances and the, uh, wow. they would always talk about, they felt like they were criticized for being legalistic, which I had never even really mm. heard that term until they said it. Yeah. And yeah. I realized later that they were right. They were legalistic. Like they were definitely yeah. all about the letter of the law and way less about the spirit yeah. of the whole thing. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's so crazy. Because now that you said, I think I remember that actually happening as a kid at church when I was younger. Like, I think the, like the fire stations and police station would just like call churches, like, "Hey, can we come and show?" Like, that doesn't seem like a crazy thing to do. It's like no, they, safety is. They heard important. the word rodeo and they were thinking bucking wow. broncos and rednecks and all of that stuff. And they're like, "We can't associate with that." I'm like, "No, but bicycle rodeo is a thing." It's like a yeah. community event. It's a great thing. It's not an yeah. actual rodeo. And I had to convince them of that. And they still only let us do it when we wouldn't call it a bicycle rodeo. Wow. And it's a chance. For, I mean, if they really want to witness to people, it's like it's a chance for maybe people to go, oh, what's going on over there? They come right. over and go, hey, yep. come on, ride the bikes and meet the, you know, yeah. the firefighters. And this is our church and this is what we believe. Yeah. But, uh, that's, that's wild, man. And we were able to do it. I think that's what it. ours was. Yeah, it was like that. Like anybody in the neighborhood can come. Bring Absolutely. Your, like, I think I want to say like they had like compressors to fill kids' bikes with air. It was mm-hmm. just like a thing that the community just does. Yeah, yeah. We, we had people from the bike shops that were teaching like basic bicycle maintenance, uh, like how to replace yeah. it, how to replace, uh, fix a flat tire, things like that. Uh, and riding bikes and bike safety and helmets. We were giving away helmets uh, that the bike shops gave us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... It turned out awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. The event itself was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. But it was but, it was one of wow. the... I, I could almost say that that was the beginning of the end for me with that mm. church. Because of the fight over things like, we can't call it a bicycle rodeo, and they are going to fight... Yeah. They're going to fight us. They're going to not have this event if I, if I insist that we call it that. That seemed ridiculous. And I just continued yeah. to have my eyes opened to how ridiculous this church was. And Mm. at some point I just decided I was done. And there wasn't like, that was the beginning of the end. I don't remember the end of the end, Uh, but we should back up because just back up. I'm going to back up because we, what we haven't discussed is the second time that I really thought I believed. Uh, and mm. it was at that summer camp uh, where I was having those experiences again. And there was like they were putting on a show, a play uh, that was recreating the crucifixion of Jesus uh, going up on the cross. And I remember this one vividly because, I mean, it very much got me emotionally. In retrospect, it's kind of like when you watch a movie where the grandfather dies and everybody's emotional and you can't help but sort of choke up and tear up mm-hmm. and feel like it was that feeling maybe amplified a little bit because it was live people in front of you really putting it on. They had done such a great job that I got up and went up when they did an altar call. And, uh, I literally got baptized the next day. And this, you're an adult at this point. Yes. Uh, I'm in my late twenties, uh, as a, as a father. 
and husband, and uh, yeah, I got baptized. So, uh, um, how did so your wife must have been like ecstatic about that? Oh yeah, she like finally like we got him right because uh, I don't think she was mm. sure until then, and then she mm. was sure. Man, someone wrote uh, my man Bob wrote I had a seventh day compound close to where I grew up. They had horses. I tried to feed one an apple. It swallowed my hand and chewed. Ooh, that's, oh my what an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be a profound. <laughs> he got bit by a horse. Sorry to hear that, that, that That's what happens. Adventist horses will bite, you, bite your hand off right yeah. away. They'll bite the oh hand that feeds God. them. He's doing it wrong. <laughs> He's trying to feed them on the Sabbath, maybe. That's right. Probably was. <laughs> So and you were said, what what other things can't you do on the Sabbath? You know, you, you, we were talking about this legalistic. No, oh, yeah. Paul is fine. It's funny, man. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So you don't want to work or cause anybody else to work. So if, if you if you're going, you got hurt. So that that's obviously an, an exception, right? Okay. Medical medical professionals <laughs> probably need to work on the Sabbath, and that's something, of course, Jesus would be okay with. Even though it's your job and you're getting paid, you're, you, it has to be done. So that was something yeah. that they could make an exception for. But uh, if you were driving to church and you're like, "Oh my gosh, we forgot to get gas yesterday. We don't have enough." How do you deal with that? Like that was a constant sort of problem for people going to church. Was I can I need to get to church. But there's not enough gas in the car, so I'm going to have to stop and get gas at a gas station, and that's wrong. I've been told that is wrong. Uh, so how do I do it? And so you would feel guilty about stopping for gas because you didn't want to feel guilty for not going to church. And then you wouldn't mm. tell anybody at church that you stopped at a gas station on the way. Uh, it, so it, would it be the, the act of you like getting out and pumping the gas or... It would be the act What's of the part about the gas. You're you're paying for something on the Sabbath. Even if you use a card at the pump, oh. you're paying. You're having a monetary transaction. You're causing. That's a- weird. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they had no issues taking an offering on sun, on Saturday. Oh no, of they? course no tithing money. Bring it, uh, bring it. Uh, <laughs> you can do that on Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, I'm just I'm making a joke here, but anyway. wow. <laughs> okay, I didn't. Hmm. That's. I, did, I had no idea that was a seven day at Venice uh, Ooh, thing. Me so, either. So never knew that. Hard, and what about going out to dinner? I'm, I'm sorry to say no, none of that. No. Hard, and and basically, mm. it's very similar to hardcore Jews uh, that you know, it's the Sabbath. It's the Saturday hardcore Sabbath. Jews. Yeah. I, I mean, I just picture face tats. <laughs> yeah. Metal. Metal <laughs> Jews. Yeah. Uh, no, but like I mean, they they won't use a, f- a telephone. They won't turn lights on. Oh, I right? know. We, like, we had a, we had um we had neighbors that were um yeah. orth- orthodox. orthodox. Yeah, they were orthodox. Yeah. That's a better word or- than hardcore. Uh, orthodox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, where I live um, here in Rochester, I live in Brighton. It's a, a large Jewish population, so it's there's nothing on on for me to see. Like on Saturday, it's like the streets are just filled with you know Jewish people walking and. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatnot no matter what it looks like outside they're, they're all walking yeah they won't they funny. won't operate a car they will walk instead of drive they won't use their phones if they have, have a cell phone or whatever they'll leave it at home like it's yeah. so seventh day adventists aren't quite like that but almost okay uh, yeah mm. it's very much like that the sabbath begins at sundown friday night and ends at sundown saturday night 
So oh, that's a long time. That's, that's, that's a day. I'm, I'm talking. It's about. a full 24 <laughs> hours, Chris. So can I, I, I want to ask them questions. So what do you do about dinner and stuff? I mean, you can make yourself food, obviously, right? Or is that work? You you should try hard to do as much before the Sabbath as you can so that you don't have to spend a lot of time preparing meals on the Sabbath. So mm. cook, can you use a microwave? Your, I know this is dumb stuff. No, no, it's not dumb. It you gotta think about this stuff as an Adventist because <laughs> if you're gonna have your Adventist friends over and you and you throw something in the microwave, you're gonna think, uh oh, is this okay? Like, are they going to think I'm mm. using electricity and the electricity electric companies working is like, is that crossing a line? And for some, it might be for Orthodox Jews. It definitely would be. But with Adventists, you don't know, uh, especially at this church where it was super strict. And there were people that took it as almost as seriously as Orthodox Jews. And there don't mm. get me wrong. There's plenty of other Adventist groups and churches that are not quite this right. strict. They, mm-hmm. they get it. Like, we're in a modern society. This is how it works now. Of course you can use the microwave. Of course you forgot to get gas. You can go to the gas station. They're more practical about the whole thing than the church that I was wow. exposed to. So can I ask this then? So what was your guys' kind of routine to, like, make sure you weren't violating any Sabbath rules? So Angela took it super seriously. I basically just let her do whatever. She was typically fixing the kids' dinner, her dinner. I would often eat whatever I wanted rather than what she was fixing because she was fixing like a bunch of vegan stuff, which some of it was really mm-hmm. good and I would eat it, but I often would fix my own stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, it, I always thought it was a little dumb uh, how strictly okay. it was being taken, but she would definitely spend Friday during the day preparing food, doing all that stuff uh, so that dinner Friday night after sun had gone down wasn't something she had to slave over the ki- over the stove for on Friday mm-hmm. night. And then uh, lunch was usually taken care of at church. So she had something prepared to bring to a fellowship lunch at church. Uh, and then you would spend the afternoon probably hiking uh, somewhere uh, where you, you did, that you didn't have to pay to get into. Uh, like if you mm-hmm. wanted to hike in the Shenandoah National Park, our church would do that, but only if we had pre-purchased the, the access cards, like a year pass to get into the park, right? Like we didn't want to have a transaction to go hiking uh, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But that, that's, that's, that's what our Sabbath was filled with doing was, uh, wow. It, yeah. Wow. So, so you said after the uh, the whole radio, rodeo debacle, mm-hmm. you know, rodeo gate. That's when that was the beginning. <laughs> so yes, that's that the, was that was the that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, was this the beginning of the end of your relationship? Like, wh- what's going on there? Like, if you if she's so strict and you're like, I'm out. How does how was that affecting your marriage? You know. You, in your household. Yeah. So uh, I slowly extricated myself from the whole thing. It wasn't like one day I'm mm. out. It was, uh, I pushed for us to finally stop running the youth group and let somebody else do it. Or maybe the church doesn't have one. And then when that was no longer on my plate, then I was able to, you know, I'm not going to go to church this week. You guys can go, I'm going to sleep in or something like that, or I've got something else mm-hmm. to do. And so I would slowly just sort of stop going, uh, you know, every couple of Saturdays and then it was every Saturday. And then I finally was like, look, I'm not, I'm not going anymore. Uh, okay. and mm-hmm. even still at that point, I didn't have words to express exactly how I felt about the whole thing. I just knew I didn't believe and wasn't into it. Uh, mm. and so I stopped and, 
Angela just had question after question about that. It was very unsettling for her to see me go from like all in baptized running the youth group into the whole thing to not none of that, Uh, Mm -hmm. not into it at all. And uh, she basically stopped being able to trust me as a person. Because if I was able to stop doing that, well, was I just acting the whole time or was I really into it and I just had a change of heart or what? And I tried for a long time to put it into words and I I tried probably 20 different ways, which didn't help because I didn't have a consistent explanation for how I felt and what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. it only caused her to just not be sure of who I was anymore. Okay. So how long, how long is this whole process? A couple years. This is a couple years mm-hmm. of transition. Like literally a couple, like a couple, two, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two, three, something in there where I'm transitioning from all in to all out and her mm-hmm. sort of trying to figure all that out. And she's like, what would it take? And what, when you come, why won't you come back? And I, I just, I couldn't help. I, there was no help. There was no way for me to make her understand my feelings on it because I didn't have all the right words and I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to. And she, there was a mental block. Like if I wasn't all in, then I was all out kind of thing. Not that she was going to leave me or anything, but there there's, this is not a person I can trust. If they're, if they did that, that huge transition, Mm -hmm. that's not working. So she came out, she came out and said, I don't know if I can trust you. Yes. Would now, how did that make you feel? This, uh, we are entering the, the worst, 10-ish years of my life. Uh, mm. this, this goes on for t- a decade. Yeah, roughly. Uh, wow. Yeah, the, from, the transi- from the start of the transition to kind of the end of everything was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years. Uh, so you were man. married for, well, how long were you you've married for almost 20 years? Just under 20 years. Wow. Yep. That is... So what, what are these 10 years like? Is it all church? It, it's all church, so basically. For, for Angela, That's the underlying. Yeah, it's all it's all church. It's all do I believe and all of that. And uh, when it was clear that I didn't, uh, and that she was not going to, uh, in any way, shape, or form, adjust her beliefs to mine or take God any less seriously than she was. In fact, it amplified it. Like she felt she had to go harder at it, and and mm. so it. it like there was Bible studies every day at home and we homeschooled our kids. Uh, so the, so she had like total control of what the kids heard, read, saw, thought about, you know, everything. And, uh, and I was this person that was not to be trusted to the point where we're getting into some weird territory here. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose her, yeah, but whatever I, you, yeah, whatever you're comfortable with, man, we don't, you know what I'm saying? So, well, I, I believe that there was something mental going on with Angela that was mm. either just psychological or it could have been chemical. I honestly don't know. She went as far as you possibly can in not trusting somebody to the point where she was actively thinking I was doing things that I wasn't doing. She and and mm. seeing me. She would not just think I was doing them. She would claim that she saw me doing things that I just wasn't doing. Mm. And it was that sucks. 
Yeah, uh, the, I was completely baffled with how to deal with that. Uh, and mm. that was really the worst. Like, I'm not probably going to get into all of the details of yeah, that. Yeah, don't, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is more about the spiritual journey, but. Right. Yeah. So, but this is mm. the, the, my lack of, uh, religion or believing caused all this. This is like, she wasn't a crazy person to me. She wasn't a crazy person until this, she was a little, right. she was a little extreme in her beliefs, but it all was logical to me until this all started happening. And mm. then I realized, Oh shit, this is something else entirely. And wow. if me simply choosing not to believe or revealing that I don't believe is going to cause this, then it's actually a bigger problem than I thought. And how do I deal with that? And basically the short version is I decided to deal with that on a daily basis so that I could be there with the kids because the alternative, right, was to separate and leave and be and see the kids every other weekend or the typical divorce situations and I thought the kids were better off seeing me stand up for who I am despite all of that than it, they would have been to see me just leave. Uh, <laughs> and I thought it was important enough for the kids that I'd be there for them every day at home, you know, being their father. So I I was willing to deal with the 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 painful marriage that I had for uh, about, it was about seven or eight years that it was like that before I finally that, deal with it. Anymore. There's a, there's a seven. The only the thing I'm thinking about is just to kind of get some understanding. Now does the seventh day advance. Do, they, do you guys have the, the um, belief system? Like the man is the head of the house and all these kind of structures in place and, um spiritually finance like all these different things is that yeah, is a, that a belief system because i'm thinking it can't it can be for some it's not like it's uh taught in all the seventh day adventist churches certainly in the conservative church that we went to there was a lot of that uh okay but you know there's i i think i remember uh, at other churches, there were women that were allowed to speak uh, and be the pastor and things like that. That was a thing. Like it wasn't a hundred percent only men doing that. Like they were open to some things, mm -hmm. but not as not. A, there were certainly not progressive uh, in that in that way uh, at the okay. church we were going to. And depending on which other Adventist church you went to, you might find that. But uh, it wasn't like a major hmm. major deal. Oh, okay. okay, I was just was, yeah wondering if that was a, if that was a pressure you felt yeah. um, in that whole situation too. Was there ever? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jr. Well, I was gonna say yeah. I I think it was more self imposed. The pressure of am I doing the mm -hmm. right thing as a father? Uh, am I leading right. my yeah. family correctly? And realizing over those years that uh, and kind of in retrospect, wishing I had made some different decisions early on in this, like. Mm -hmm. When Angela said she wanted to take the kids to church, I, I should have, I, I kind of wish I had said something different than uh, I guess we're doing that or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. agreed to it. But, you know, the, I, I guess it's, it's not easy, man. No, no, it's yeah. not. And, you know, I can't obviously take any of that back, but I certainly wished I had done some things differently and trying to figure out my role in the family now, because it was, it, I was the breadwinner and I mean, Angela stayed home for the most part. So it was, it, it, I was, you know, making 
that all possible. But did that mean that I get to call all the shots? I, I didn't. I didn't approach it that way. I didn't mm-hmm. try to assert myself as this family will do what I say because I'm the dad. It just that that's never been me. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have that as an example in my dad, uh, and I, yeah. you know, I just didn't feel it was the right way to go. I felt it was better to assert myself with my beliefs and make them clear, mm-hmm. uh, certainly to Angela, and in the right circumstances with the kids. Uh, but uh, right. just to, for the most part, just to to get along, uh, get along enough mm. that this isn't painful for everybody. Right. Yeah. Dang. Was there ever any official uh, like attempts to get you go- to come back? Where, where you know, where like elders ever brought to the house? Like Adam, what's going on? We miss you. Like you, you letting your family down? Was it like stuff like that or no? Yes. No. There definitely was. Uh, okay. So wow. Jeez. Yeah. No. When when I got mm-hmm. baptized, we uh, wow. we were asked by our church to stop wearing our wedding rings. They noticed we were wearing wedding rings to church. And, you know, they were not into wearing jewelry or adornments and all, all of that. And uh, I remember that. Uh, and, you know, I I don't even know why I brought that up. I just maybe as another example of how legalistic they were. But the guy who had that conversation with me was the guy running the church. Uh, and he very active in like the anti-Catholic thing. Uh, he would try to witness to politicians. He would go to D.C. all the time and try to give out these pamphlets to like Congress and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was way into that, and he was he was a neat guy. Uh, but he was the guy that like took me out to lunch and said, "Let's talk. What's going on? Uh, because if you continue not coming, we're gonna have to take you off the books. Like you won't be a member of the church anymore." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay with that." At that point, I was sure enough that I was done. That mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, take me off. That's fine." Uh, and Ooh, so his man. their efforts were too little, too late. Not that they ever would have worked, but uh, they def- it definitely was – it didn't work at all. But they definitely proactively tried to get me back to help understand and all of that, yeah. Mm. Man. But it, it well, seems like overall, even though, like, uh, you had this bad experience, you know, specific experience in your marriage, but it seemed like overall your church experience was actually pretty good overall. Yeah, it, it you know it was it, the majority of my time spent at these churches that I went to was great. Like I have mm-hmm. fond memories of it. The people, right. the activities, the feelings I had, like the music, like all of that. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed most mm-hmm. of it uh, until it went south for whatever reason. Mm. Okay, um, I like to ask this que- uh, questions like this at the end. Um, <clears throat> Do you see yourself ever going back or believing? And what would they have to do to get JR back? Because <laughs> it seems like it's something that you enjoy, but it's just like mm-hmm. you know, sure. So because I could see you at a at a at a modern church, like involved in the AV ministry. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I'm pretty sure they definitely want people who fully yeah. believe. But as you know, could you mm-hmm. see yourself being even open to that type of thing? So. 
I I have been to church since then. I played drums in a church uh, a couple years ago with a friend. Uh, I would show up, help set up the stage and the drum. This was one of those churches that was in like a high school gym, so they had to set it oh, up yeah, every yeah. every Sunday. Uh, right. And so I would show up, set up the drums, learn the songs before the service, play three songs, and then during the sermon I would leave uh, mm. because I was there to play drums. Uh, and the music aspect of it, church many churches have wonderful music and. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, as a musician, that's a regular gig. I, you don't even need to get, you don't even need to pay me. I just want to play and perform. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that. Uh, I sing in a choir. Uh, normal, normally I do. Uh, we sing in a church. And uh, so I am totally open to the experience uh, that I like of church. Uh, what I'm not in any way, shape or form open to is getting sucked into any kind of religion at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these. That's funny. I can. I can actually tell you can sing. Like your voice sounds like you sound like a singer. Oh, thank you. Just I'm, like being in, being in church for so long, you can almost tell whose voice sounds like a singer or who does. Right, Kelly. Have yeah. you ever met somebody like Adam? Like, what would you? What can you tell somebody like Adam? Who like there? There's obviously like the, the fellowship part there where they they love it, but there's just mm-hmm. a disconnect with the belief, like. Do you well, know anyone? I've I, I got to be I, honest. I've never met anyone in this situation. I've never mm-hmm. met a person like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I've met people. Yeah. I've met people like that. They, they struggle with the. Um, I think what I mean from my perspective, what I think people's mind is with belief is like belief is a dot on a grid. Like oh, you're at belief and that's it. <laughs> but for me, that's not how belief really works. I think it, it's a spectrum, just like anything else. Like I like to think about things very practically. Science, you know, we believe something in science until we find out. Oh, that's, there's a different, there's an evolution in it. Oh, now we have a better understanding. That's how I grasp the idea of belief. And I think it's okay for people. I would never tell somebody, um, you know, don't necessarily come and be a part of something because you're not at that dot of belief system where people say you should be right here. Right. Somebody can be at the thing where like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Okay. But I had, we had people at a small group. It was like a girl, she was a straight up atheist, like, but she loved to come to our Bible study. She was like, y'all just really cool people. And like, when I need somebody to pray for something, y'all can pray for me. I don't necessarily believe this. And it was totally fine. And she did, that was just how it was. And it didn't, nobody tried to convince her of anything. We just got along very well. I don't, I'm not sure where she is now. She was a friend with one of my friends. Burning in hell where she should be (laughs) not believing. (laughs) I got a question for you. I I think that's perfectly fine. I got a question for you guys. What do you think it means to be an atheist? You know what? I I mean, I guess. It's got a bad rap, I think. I think it's just not to have a traditional belief system, you know, to not to believe that there's a, uh, to not believe that there's a God, there's some, there's some additional being outside of what we can see. Yep. That's generally what I believe an atheist is, is somebody who sees, you see, you only believe in what you see, what you can see. There's no additional force outside of that. Yeah. So I didn't understand atheists or atheism for a long time until, mm-hmm. 
when we were going through this, you know, these years of horrible marriage, right? What I would spend my evenings doing instead of going to bed on time, I would stay up super late watching stuff on YouTube. And that's when I discovered atheists and people who could explain it to me. And that's when I finally had the words that described how I'd been feeling for years, even through the good times at church. I was still skeptical of the whole thing, even though I was able to put that aside and enjoy and participate and all of that. Uh, but when I really sort of began to understand uh, agnostic atheism is what I would call myself, right? So uh, yeah. the, the simplest definition of atheist is without theism, right? So atheist. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's yeah. simply, for me, the lack of a belief in a god or gods. So mm -hmm. that's me. It, I just don't have it. I've tried, like genuinely tried open-mindedly, and it just never took hold for me. I don't have mm -hmm. that. I don't believe it's in me to have that. Uh, and so mm -hmm. that's the atheist part of me. And then the agnostic part is the part that I don't really care. Uh, like, I don't, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with not believing. I'm not willing to go to the all the way to say there is no God. Like I'm not willing to say that it definitely doesn't exist. All I can say for sure is for me, I don't have a belief in a God. I am atheistic. I am an atheist mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. And when my dad wants to know and have discussions with me about, uh, cause by the way, uh, he got converted at the false church years later, like after I had left, he is a hardcore, uh, uh, uh believer in Jesus. He's not a, a, a member of any particular religion. He is just a Bible follower. Uh, and mm -hmm. he is concerned about my soul. And when he wants to talk about, uh, you know, uh, talk about all that, then it's, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, dad's concerned. Thought, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, you, you were saying how your dad is now hardcore. He's a Bible guy. And when you guys talk, he wants to. Yeah. He, he wants to know, like uh, what it would take for me. Okay. And he want, he's concerned, of course, that I'm not going to end up in heaven and all of that stuff. You know, I mean, it would take a miracle. Like literally it would take something supernatural because I don't believe basically in anything supernatural, like ghosts or, you know, anything like that. Uh, all the way from ghosts that are whatever to, to God. All of that is supernatural and it's just not something... I believe in, uh, and I'm okay with, a, I'm okay with not knowing that that's where I was going with. This was the agnostic side of it oh, okay. is I don't feel like I need to, I don't feel like when dad says, mm -hmm. where are you going to go? What's the meaning of your life? Why are you here? Why, you know, uh, for, for him, it's God created him to witness and, and help other people. And mm -hmm. for me, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know why we're here. And I'm okay with not knowing. I don't know where we go when we die. If it's not just uh, to be buried in the ground or whatever, if there's an afterlife, I don't know. And I'm okay with that. Like uh, I have this life that I'm having right now. I know that, and that's what I'm going to mm -hmm. focus on. And, uh, yeah. and so that's, that's my approach to life. And it's been serving me really, really well now for about 15 years. Uh, mm -hmm. And about seven of those have been, you know, completely seven or eight now, uh, without Angela and without that whole thing. And we're at the point now where I don't 
think about it. I, like, I don't think about, I'm an atheist. I'm not a proud, my dad said I'm a proud atheist the other day. I'm not a proud atheist. I don't even talk about being an atheist like ever unless asked. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, yeah. I'll tell you. But uh, it's not like yeah. I'm trying to convert anybody or make anybody stop believing. This is just what I believe, and that's fine. I think people uh, were, were, were let's say from my experience, uh, until I actually <clears throat> got to know a couple of, you know, really who people were my really good friends who were atheists or um, some that were agnostic. Um, people think atheist is anti-God. Right. Yeah. And that's it's not necessarily, atheist, that's not what being an atheist is um, at all. That would, that would be an anti-theist. Was one of the most supportive people to my faith. If I was going through something, she would always remind me, "Hey, you got your faith to to rely on." And so it was never. I would say, I mean, that has never been my experience um, with anyone atheist to discourage me or try to convince me to, you know, stop believing or strictly like I believe this. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just it's a hard because people aren't willing to have conversations like this and. And just straight up listen to someone say, hey, this is my experience. Like, this is my real experience and not try to convince you otherwise. It's like, I think it's fine to ask questions um, like, hey, I really want to understand. Like, because there is there's a ton of things about atheism and agnostics um, that maybe I can learn a little bit more and try to understand, like, okay, how do you um, something that always intrigues me is like, um, you know, how do you, uh, what anchors your life? You know, what, what gives you, where does hope stem from? Where does, you know, all, where do all of these things come from? Because for me, it's so deeply rooted in my faith that I don't know what it's like for other people who, um, don't subscribe to that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, and it's funny because I'm I'm the opposite. I I try to understand how people can believe it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't knock people for it. You know, I yeah. obviously my family, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a weird point in my life. But I'm like, I just can't. It doesn't compute for me. It, it doesn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't compute for me either. You mentioned atheist isn't anti-theist right that is a whole mm-hmm. no, another level because yeah. when you're yeah. anti typically there's people being jerks you know it's just tropes yeah. almost and That's there's kind of there's plenty exactly. that are are good intentions right there's uh there's quote-unquote atheists who are really more anti-theists that write books and give speeches mm-hmm. and as an atheist i can really appreciate a lot of what they have to say but they take it so far that they totally emit like that. There's a, a guy named Richard Dawkins who wrote a book called The God Delusion. It's like one of the atheist handbooks, oh, I've heard almost, of that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how Bill Maher is, and I'm yeah, like, I'm not yeah, a yeah, religious yeah. guy, but like guys like Bill Maher, it's like when you're calling all religious people, even for me, like it's like I just don't believe any of this stuff, man. I just don't. I can't go to the point where I'm calling other people stupid. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, yep. yeah, just grow up, man. It's like the title of <laughs> the book. You, you find comfort in what you find comfort in. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. people, just a lot of people, if that's your, you know, we always, I think that's the part for me that um, always seems the class is some people tell people, you know, live your truth. And then when other people want to do it in the way that they want to do it, right. it's stupid, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, you exactly. Know, I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I may think that, like, I think, do I think it's like, okay, pumping gas, that's a bit extreme. 
But for somebody that might have real meaning and it does something for them, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. I guess so I can't. Doesn't do doesn't do anything for me. I don't, you know, I need gas in this car. So yeah. it's like, you know, I don't I don't think God is worried about, you know, who stopped for gas and who didn't stop for gas. So like I just I mean, but that's for me, but for somebody else who I, for whatever I, reason that establishes their face, okay. I'm, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place with it all now. I definitely went through a snarky phase where I would have long, drawn-out, like, in-depth discussions or arguments with people like my dad on Facebook. So in a public forum, we would be debating mm. life and God and all this stuff, and and uh, and I would be snarky. And I would, you know, uh, there's a lot of snarky atheists. Like, it's kind of fun. I follow, I follow this guy on Twitter who he calls himself the godless spell checker. And he would basically go to, go to Twitter and search for anybody who posted against, like, usually it was against atheists, but they would spell it wrong because it's one of those words that's easy to spell wrong. Uh, yeah, and so he was that's just a pretty cool thing to do. That's uh, funny. Oh my god, comic, I'm like that's genius. I got so many hours of joy out of that Twitter feed. It's unbelievable. Oh uh, that's funny, and, man. And and so I was getting to the point where I was annoying as an atheist, and mm. I was like, you know what? There's no reason for that. Like, I'm not push trying to push yeah. this on people. I, I just need to back off. And when yeah, asked, exactly. when asked, when when it comes up, sure, mm. I'll debate. I'll talk with you, but I'm not trying to push it on people. Uh, and, uh, I, I saw a, I was looking for trying to put a background up, but it didn't work. Um, but there was a couple pictures I found that sort of captured how I feel. One of them was on a, on the side of a bus in England that says, there's probably no God now stop worrying and enjoy your life. That's kind of your mantra. Kind of, right? I don't yeah, know that yeah, yeah. I don't know that I would put it on a bumper sticker on my car, but that, yeah, that kind of captures where I am. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, I understand the snarkiness too, man, because I went through that phase of my life too, where just just the mention of it, it would just send me to the moon, you know, yeah. just zero to a hundred, mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And uh, as I've gotten older, man, I realize it doesn't matter what people, you know, if it if it makes you a better person, and I also learn too, like I'm an adult, I can do what I want to do, you know, so yeah. it's all up to me. You know, if I show, and I also show, learn too. Like, if I just show other people respect, they'll show me respect. And you look back, I look back at my life and go, you know what? I didn't have an issue with the people at the church. I had personal issues. So, like, why am I holding all this, you know, this anger towards certain people? And it's, it was, it was unwarranted. You know, mm -hmm. it yeah. was misdirected. And, and since sort of getting yeah. away from all of that, I feel like, especially in the last five or six years, is. I've evolved quite a bit from uh, whatever sort of judgments I had about people, whether founded or mm. not. I'm totally resistant to the idea of that. Like, I don't want to judge people mm. for anything. Like, if you choose to do other stuff than me, whatever it is, assuming you're not hurting other people, go for it, right? Like, you be mm. you, and I you know, partly because of probably some of the people in the church from Angela, like there was, it was easy to judge. It was easy to be like, that's wrong. Yeah. And I can, I can point out that that's wrong, but I can't say that anymore. Uh, unless it's clearly, you know, hurting other people, that kind of stuff, then that's, we're crossing yeah. a line there, but you just being you, uh, as different as it, yeah. as it is great. 
I I yeah. love it, and I I yeah. want to understand it. But even if I don't understand it, it's still okay. Like just you be and, exactly. I think the and even in, in this conversation, um, you know, me being on the side of you know belief, and you know, I have my different times. Like, oh, I feel a certain way. Like, oh, am I going the right way? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Um, you know even we're actually the same you guys are in the camp of like i'm atheist but i'm agnostic you know it probably is no god but so live your life but we're just <laughs> on the same the exact same thing in a different way there probably is a god so live your life you know those are the exact you know in the same yeah, way you're right. it's yeah. just you're on the side where you don't know but we don't have all the answers too so i think it's just getting from a place where we have to stop having conversations with each other to come to a point where it's finite. This is why you know, this is why, how do you know? How do I know? It's like, you know what? I'm not ever going to be ever be the person to tell somebody God is real because blah, 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 and run all this list down and, and, and try to really convince them. It's because it's super personal. You know, like you said, you can't put it into words exactly why you feel the way you feel. And sometimes on our side, we can't always put it exactly into words why we feel exactly right. what we feel. Yeah. And I think that should just be okay. It's fine. You're where you you are. I'm where I am. And we can share the commonality of the expression of trying to gain understanding of where we are. Right. That's, yeah. There you go. I, I think pursuing that, gaining understanding, uh, is way more important than changing somebody Absolutely. else's mind. Yeah, you're right, man. Because a lot 100%. of times you, yeah, you're right. Because a lot of times you go, oh shit, I, I was wrong. Okay, you know, like, right, exactly. Yeah, cool. Exactly. We actually just had that. Um, you know, my pastor just talked about that on Sunday. He was just like, we're freaking dying, trying to die on hills. Do we like? And he like read something. He was like, twenty years ago, this church was talking about don't have a car that's a sports car or talking about the dangers of having white wall tires. He was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. He was like, some of the stuff that we're talking about now, 20 years from now, it's going to be ridiculous. Like, it's going to sound like freaking white wall tires. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do we really want to talk about this? Like you want to argue on Facebook with people about little things that don't matter. He was like, these are the things that matter. These are the things that don't matter. Forget about this. Talk yeah. about this thing. Like who cares? Yeah, like man. wearing earrings and like he said oh yeah he's that oh, was big oh, no. yeah he was he was like i was going to hell all the time he was like growing yeah. up i was always going to hell the somebody earrings. was telling me he was like i didn't get it he was like man i want to go to the movies they were like no 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 and he was just like i was always worried about these things until i kind of like let that all go he's like i'm not doing that i'm not yeah. doing that anymore and it is like you said you just got to get to a point where you let something go it's like you know what I'm going to work this out how I feel is comfortable. Once I feel like if I feel stable where I am, then I'm okay with that. Yep, accepting and, you for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I it. think it's, for me, I think for Christians, that's what they have to get to the point where is allowing people to not pigeonhole people and convince people to, you know, what we've been talking about, trying to make people behave a specific way. What does right. that do? It's like, just forget about all that. If they don't behave the way you want them to behave, just freaking love people for who they are. And if they yeah. decide to come in and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this, let them be a part of it. Like, what do you, how has loving anybody ever really hurt them? Oh, 
Like yeah. how he was saying in the beginning, how like his family was upset that he wasn't baptized Catholic. And I'm looking at yeah. him. I'm looking at him sitting here right now. Like, what does that matter to those people? Look where he is now. What does it matter if he was baptized Catholic or not? And how like them being mad right at that moment? How is that affecting their life today, right now? <laughs> they probably, you know they what I mean. Probably don't even unless you don't even up, remember. They probably don't even remember. Yeah, they don't. I got a question for you, Jay. We almost had an hour and twenty minutes. Someone wanted to know if you were a libertarian out of curiosity. Uh, so <clears throat> politically, I uh, I definitely fall in the very progressive side of things, uh, but I also fully understand and sort of wrestle with the idea of libertarianism where like government as small as possible don't impede on my right to do what i want to do as long as i'm not hurting others provide a basic level of government services and let men and let us do what we want to do i kind of understand that i can't fully get on board part of that is because we've clearly as a society in america have proven that if we're just allowed to do whatever we want to do we're probably going to make some really stupid choices. Uh, like, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe we actually do yeah. need rules and laws to help us understand uh, and mandate that you know, we treat people fairly, uh, that, uh, yeah. th that we try to, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. Let's not just lift the, the, the rich people up, you know, that kind of stuff that we've yeah. proven time and time and again, that libertarianism or and and going that way probably is is not going to work. Uh, so, yeah, I find myself very much on the left. All right, well yeah. there you go. You have it, yeah. folks. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to push it on that's people. That's the best. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way I've ever heard anybody put it. I feel like I mean, just looking at the way voting went before, I, I very much so believe. Um, if it was that way, they probably bring back slavery. Right. Um, to be honest with you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Jr. Dude, it, it was uh, it was great, man. I'm I'm uh, I I'm interested to know to how your family takes this. You know, if say yeah, I don't know if it would happen, but if your ex ever wanted to talk about this and you wanted to, or you and your dad wanted to discuss stuff, we would love to have both of you guys mm -hmm. on. Or be you know, or hopefully you got something off your chest. Hopefully you feel a little bit better. Uh, I feel like I know you a lot better now. You know, some some things make make more sense. And I know we kind of <laughs> talked about this kind of stuff before, man. But yeah, yeah it's uh, you've, I think you've had an interesting journey, man. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Mm -hmm. And I know this stuff isn't tough, isn't easy. Yeah. It can be tough. Yeah. And uh, it it's it, when you're talking about family and stuff, it's a very very thin line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To you know to walk. You want to be honest, but you want to be respectful of, you know, your family, yeah. and, you know, whether it's, um, uh, you know, a, a, a spouse, you know, the mother or father of your children. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a tough subject, man. It's a very, yeah. very tough and very personal. And I'm absolutely thankful that you came on, man, and yeah. and talked about it and spilled some tea, you well, know. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to did you want to sing a little bar for us? No, he don't want to sing. Don't do that to him. <laughs> that's not. That's not how I usually work. Um, I don't do that. But yeah, right. <laughs> I will say, if you guys uh, have a totally different podcast that's all about marriage horror stories, I might be persuaded to Ooh, share some marriage oh, horror geez. stories. It's clearly not the place for <laughs> that. Was not the focus of today. But, no, 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 no. Uh, I understand, but, but no, yeah, no, I get no. it. But it, 
that's the thing about that's the thing about this kind of stuff it affects so many different other aspects of your life yeah you know you just you, religion yeah. it can affect where people work how yeah. they work you know mm -hmm. uh the, the type of education that they get uh all type of it it affects your entire life man yeah it, it affects everything and mm -hmm. the, it molds you as a person it, it really does yeah. and i'm finally like for the past several years i finally feel like i'm just really settled in a good place with who i am like i don't think mm -hmm. i, I don't think mm -hmm. i was until five or six years ago uh you know a year or so after separation divorce figuring out who i am now i'm settled into that and i'm just like i can't remember the last time i was unhappy like it's wow, which is, awesome, man. yeah just content even when things are, suck uh, i have a flat tire okay i can deal with that like i know how to deal like it does mm. i i had a motorcycle accident and broke my leg okay oh yeah i can deal with that right yeah. uh oh man and and certainly there's circumstances that suck but never really do i feel like depressed or under, you know deterred good, or anything man. like that it's just i've i've got that peace that my dad and religious people talk about having with god i feel like i have that without god that's kind of where i'm at i, I respect it <laughs> okay well so it was this was a fun one man Oh, go ahead, go ahead. If you got some, I was just going to gonna say, I don't know how many of my friend, friends and family are going to see this. I shared this when we first started, so it's probably on my Facebook. But uh, with your permission, I've been recording. I'm going to repurpose this for my podcast and kind of make do it a you want, bonus man. episode. So yeah, that's where do what I, you got to do. I know people that I know and love will be watching and listening to that. So that's that's when the shit hits the fan with the uh, with the family. No, I should be okay. Uh, I, think, I think we're fine. No, no, I. I don't think you said anything. Anything? Uh, well, that could be for them to judge. But <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't think you said anything disrespectful or anything outrageous. It was, you know, very much so. Just from, I think we can totally respectful from your own perspective and what what happened to you specifically. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think it'd be. Yeah, I, I think it was really good. I learned a lot today. So I, I saw the die, man. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna try to get out of here again, but it's just it's sometimes these conversations are so yeah, you know they get moving, man. We get caught up in the spirit. We can't get out of here. You know what I'm saying? I just want to <laughs> plug my podcast, and then we can end this thing. Go ahead, plug oh, your podcast. Yeah, 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 it's ahead. three things with Jr. Every week I uh, come on. Lately, I've been oh, having yes, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with the. Uh, that's right. That's the Holy Trilogy, <laughs> the Trinity, uh, not Trilogy, Trinity. Yeah, no, it's just uh, me sharing my thoughts on things. Lately, I've been calling people on my friends' Facebook list uh and just randomly like recording them and putting them on the show uh and that's mm. been a lot of fun i've done that the last couple weeks now and uh but anyway okay. yeah three things with jr this will probably be like a bonus episode or something coming out in the next week or so so sweet uh, man so thanks again my man uh adam jr stoffel i'm chris Allen, yeah. and my baby sis else we'll see you guys next week with another episode right. of do you believe thanks guys we're out peace thanks for having Bye. me no problem man <laughs>